Good evening. Good evening. My mic on? All right, good. That was one of my biggest fears already, just to make sure that I made up the steps without tripping. And then my mic being on whenever I turned it on. So we got through that part, so the rest of this should be a breeze. Uh, I'm thankful to be here tonight. If you would, everybody be turning in your Bibles to 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. We won't have slides tonight with the scriptures on them, so I hope you brought your Bibles with you. If you didn't, you can borrow one that's in the pew. It'll be on page 1054 in the Bible that's in the pew. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd like to say that I'm thankful for. One of them is, is that Tim Martin gave me an opportunity to speak tonight, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, the second is, is that I feel so blessed to live in a country that is free and that I can come to, together and worship God freely. That is a huge blessing that we all need to be grateful for and be mindful of and prayerful about every day. It's something that people are trying to take away from us. And to think about that is just, it's crazy to me. It's, I just don't understand, the, the, they don't understand the importance of worshiping God. It's something that we all need to be teaching everybody that we can, every, every opportunity that we have. Uh, today, you know, just being Friends Day, it's, I know you had a, a big number here this morning, and that's a huge encouragement to all of us. Tonight we're going to say on that same thing, what is friendship? What is true friendship? When you think about that, really what is true friendship? And what kind of example are you living in your friendship. I just want to kind of read you something here just to kind of get the wheels of the lesson kind of started. I read this this week and kind of thought it was funny, but I kind of got to reading it several times. I even read it today and kind of like, well, that's a pretty good lesson in that when you really read about it. Two boys that were friends collected a bucket of nuts underneath a great oak tree inside a cemetery on the outskirts of town. When the bucket was full, they sat down out of sight to divide the spoils. One for you, one for me, one for you, one for me, said one of the boys as they watched intently. Their bucket was so full that some of the nuts had spilled out and rolled toward the fence. It was getting to be around dusk and another boy was come riding along the road on his bicycle. As he passed, he thought, he thought he heard voices inside that cemetery. So he stopped and slowed down to investigate. Sure enough, he heard, one for you, one for me, one for you. One for me. The boy with the bike just knew what was happening, and his face went ghostly white. Oh my, he shuddered. It's Satan and the Lord dividing souls at the cemetery. He jumped back on his bike and rode off desperately, looking for a friend. Just around the bend, he met an old man who hobbled along with a cane. Come with me, quick, said the boy. You won't believe what I heard. Satan and the Lord are down at the cemetery dividing up the souls. The old man said, beat it, kid. Can't you see that's hard for me to even walk? When the boy insisted, though, the man hobbled to the cemetery. When they arrived at the fence, they heard, one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. Ready to have a little fun, the old man whispered, boy, you've been telling the truth this whole time. Now let's go inside and see if we can see the devil himself. The child was horrified, but the old man, already taking his first step toward the gate, then they heard, okay, that's the last of them. Now, let's go get those two nuts down by the fence and we'll be done. They said the old man made it back to town about five minutes ahead of the boy. And sure enough, he was looking for a friend. Now, I read that and I got to thinking, they're sharing news. 
Are we sharing news? We all have the best news in the world right here. And do we share it with our friends? When you think about friendship and the characteristics of true friendship, what are they? You know, in, in today's technologically advanced world, the definition is definitely different. So, in the social media world, the term friendship is often used to describe contacts rather than relationships. What kind of example are you being in your friendship? Are you being a good example? Are you being the kind of example that will lead a person to Christ? Or are you living an example that won't lead somebody to Christ? Now, I got to looking up on Webster just to see what kind of definition he has. And I know that Webster is not the standard of truth. Right here is the standard of truth. And we're going to learn tonight about the standard of truth of the way of being friends and, and true friendship. But just a characteristic trait of a true friend says this. Putting someone else first it is, it is being strictly honest, loyalty, sharing things, and straightforward in every action. We just heard a minute ago about people wanting to find their friends so they can share something with. I know that I hunt and fish a lot. And whenever I have a good day, or maybe I don't have a good day, I might call a buddy and we'll talk about what kind of day it was. And we'll share just because he has the same common interest. It's the same thing. You know, we, we, we talk about the hunt. And he may call me and tell me the same thing. He may be like, man, today was a great day. It's just kind of the things that, that are good that we're sharing. But then you've got to think about also... There's times that are bad. And we're still going to go to that same friend for comfort. We're going to look to him just to help us, maybe help us through that. Are we living that type of friendship that's a good example? Now, let's look at the definition that Webster gives of a good example. And there's two words that I really want to kind of pay attention to because we're going to see these words again throughout this lesson tonight. A good example says, one that serves as a pattern to be imitated. That's definitely true. But remember that word, <clears throat> imitated. A person or way of behaving that is a model that should be followed. How many times did Jesus tell us to follow his example? And then we got to think about the other writers that also told us to follow his example. That would be an interesting word search and, and, to, and account to see how many times that is mentioned throughout the New Testament. But I hope you got your Bibles open to 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. And we're going to see here, Paul is, is teaching and talking to Timothy about what kind of example he is to be. And we're going to see, there's, there's going to be six ways that we are to show an example. And he tells Timothy to show this example. And it's, we're going to show the same thing. In verse 12 it says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. How are we supposed to do that? Right here it says, in word. That would be our speech. That would be the way we talk to people. That would be the way we talk to our friends. But it's not just all about you know, talking directly to our friends. It might be tonight if we leave here and we go out to eat. And we somebody messes up our order, how are we going to talk to the waiter? And then the person that may be sitting beside us, or maybe somebody that's sitting across the table from us, 
How are they going to get an example of us? What are they going to see? So it's word. It's our speech. It's the way we talk to each other. It's the way we talk to our friends. Look at the next one is conduct. And conduct, that's our action. That's the way we act every day. That's our behavior. That's the way we carry ourselves. It's pretty simple on that one. Just as far as, I mean, and if, you're, if your speech and the way you talk is, is clean, then our conduct should also be clean. In love is the next one. Now in love, that's the sincerity of heart. The genuineness that one would show if he's trying to really live a Christian life and be a good example. That's love. And it's the sincerity of heart, the genuineness that a person would show. The next one is, is in spirit. And that's the inhale, exhale function of our soul every day. That's the dedication of studying God's word. Now, if we're studying God's word and we're learning what we're studying, our conduct is going to reflect it. Our speech is going to reflect it. Notice the next one is faith. In faith. Now faith, now that's the principles of what we're studying. And then it's also the actions that we're going to put into what we believe and also what we have studied. What we're studying is going to make us believe and then the faith is going to be the actions of what we believe. So it's all kind of coming together one goes to the next, one goes to the next, one goes to the next. The next one is impurity. And that's cleanness. And that's not to say we're going to take a bar of dial soap and some water and we're going to clean up, even though that's good to do regularly. But that's not what it's saying there. That's saying to, to have a pure heart, to have a pure mind, to, to refrain from the things of the world that are going to lead you astray, the things that are going to always keep you Looking at the things that are not eternal. And it's the, it's the absence of filth or unpure thoughts or actions. That's how we're going to get it. That that's a, should be our Christian example. We're going to continue in 13. And we're going to see how all this kind of fits together as far as our being an example. And how our example is to show others. It's not just... We go and do this in, in private. It's to do this in public. That's where it's really known. That's where everybody's really going to see what we believe and how we are. If we're true people of faith, that's where it's going to be shown. In 13 it says, Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Now he's saying there also... I love it when he said... When Paul is, is speaking here and he, he's telling him, I'm coming... I'm coming back. But, before, but when I'm, while I'm not there, make sure that you're giving attention to the reading. Make sure you're, you're giving attention to the study. That's the doctrine. That's, make sure that you're doing all of those things. And why? Let's get down to the, about the end of 15. At the end of 15 says, Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Now, if our example is good, it's going to reflect everybody around us. Everybody around us is going to see what kind of example you're being. Everybody around you is going to say, he's a good, he's a good Christian. We ought to maybe kind of be like, more like him or be an example of that. 
But then, like I said before, the example that we live, is it going to lead people to Christ? Or is it going to push people away from Christ? That's the biggest question. And the biggest question is, is do you, what kind of example do you want to live? Our example is to show Christ's love. That's, that's our, that should be our example. Notice in 16, it says, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Now, take heed there, is, it means to pay attention. Pay attention to yourself. That's what he's saying. Pay attention to yourself and to the doctrine. Now, it's almost like he's saying, you need to practice what you preach. Just don't just say it. It's also something that you need to go out and live. It's not just saying, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to be that. But when I get around the other type of people, I'm going to live the way they do. I'm going to go and do whatever they want to go do. It's not saying that. That's, it's saying, make sure that what you're teaching is right. And then, make sure that you live it. And if you continue in 16, it says, continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I love the way that ends right there. Because it's saying exactly what I've been saying. If you continue in that, the people around you will see your example and you will help bring them to Christ. You will help them to understand the doctrine that you've been teaching. They're saying, why do you act like that? Well, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe He came and died. He was my Savior. Here, here, here's the doctrine. This is what I believe. Now my faith is going to be my actions. Go with me to 1 Peter, the second chapter. And we're still talking about this example. We're, going to, we're still looking at Christ being our example. In 1 Peter, the second chapter, in verse 21, it says this, for to, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. The first part of that really jumps out at me was, for to this you were called. We're Christians. We were called. But because Christ suffered for us, what are we going to do? What did he do? He's leaving us an example that we should do what? Follow in his footsteps. It's not to say just because now we're a Christian, we're not going to suffer. But he's saying when you do suffer, be the good example that's going to help lead other people to Christ. And then it's, it's, it's how it goes into talking about following his steps. There's one of those times that we need to mark down as a word count. Following his steps. Are we willing to go and give everything we have for our friends? Because he did. He went and laid down his life and gave his life for, on the cross for all of us. I got to thinking about one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best examples of a good friend and how to be. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Now, if you're going to make a sharp blade on a knife, 
going to be rubbed on, on, on a stone or a metal. It's going to get really sharp. But you got two friends that are doing that back and forth to each other. Both of them are going to be good Christian friends. I love that example. To me, that's one. That that is just one of those ones right there. Just it's it's so good. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Let's go over to Ephesians five. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And we was talking about earlier in how imitators was going to come back up and imitate. Ephesians 5, the, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and giving himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, I love the fact of, it talks about being imitators of God. He's our Father. How many times have you seen small children imitate their Father? Every time. Just about every time you'll see small children imitate their Father. We are to be the same. Or strive to be the same. Notice again, we're talking about earlier in, in, uh, in 1 Timothy, I talked about love. We're about to really start getting into the love. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. Let's pause there for just a second. Walking in love. That's our everyday action. That's our everyday action. That's how we are to be all the time. Tonight, if we leave here and we go out to eat, we're to show love. Not just to a people that we know. Not just to people that we're friends with. To everybody. Tomorrow, maybe if you go to the grocery store, same thing. You have a business meeting tomorrow, same thing. It's our principles. That's our principles. Why do we do that? The rest of it says, as Christ has also loved us. And then... He given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. That's the greatest act of love that's ever been shown. That's the greatest act of love that's ever been shown for a person to go and die on the cross. To forgive all of us of our sins if we come to him. Love is the most important thing. We're about to read just that here in just a second. Go over to Colossians the third chapter. Colossians 3. Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. says, <clears throat> Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Let's pause there for just one second. Now, he listed about seven or eight things right there at the start of this. It's tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If we're going to be good friends, we're going to have to learn how to do every one of them. We're going to have to learn how to forgive when it's time to forgive. We're going to have to learn how to show tender mercy. We're going to learn how to be humble. 
We're going to suffer. But notice what he says. Above all these things, put on love, which is the bond to perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called, and be thankful. He said, of all them things right there that he just listed, seven or eight of them, they're important, but love, he put a priority on it. Above all these things, put on love. Now, it's the characteristics that we ought to show. It's like something that we do even when we don't really, we, we share it to our friends. We share it to the people that we're in a relationship with. We share it to the people, even that are enemies. We have to show them love also. He commands that. And here in just a second, we're going to read about how he commands that. Now, I know it's hard to do when somebody wrongs you. It's not something that you just want to forgive. Oh, yeah, I don't want to forgive him. It's almost like a, a vengeance thing. You want to take it back. But as a Christian, we don't do that. Why? Tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. That's why we don't. And then above all of them, love. Now we're about to start wrapping up. But before we do, we're going to go to, first, we're going to, go to John, the 13th chapter. John 13, chapter. And we're going to start in verse 34. We're about to see how, as good, true friends, we love. And why do we love? Because Jesus told us to love. It's commanded. John 13, chapter verse 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another now notice this. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If we have love for one another, we're showing Jesus. We're showing his love. We're showing the kind of friendship that we should be having with the people that we're friends with. We have to have a priority to be a good friend, to be a good example. It's not just a good example to our friends, it's a good example to everywhere we and every person that we know. It could be nieces, nephews, sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters, friends, people that just you, you just come in contact with every now and then. I mean, it, it just, just fill in the blank with who you want. 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples, by love. That's great. Now, just flip a page or two over. We're going to go to John, the 15th chapter. Right here, we're about to really learn the true friendship that Jesus had for us. And the true love that he had for us. And to be a good friend, and to have a true friendship that is of Christ, we're going to learn right here. John 15, chapter verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. 
much more love can you get? There's no other way than to show love than to give your life for somebody. That's when you know you really love them. He really loved us. And he gave his life for us. And it's awesome to think about that we have a Savior that came to earth and died for us and loves us that much that he went and gave his life. Now we talked about a second ago how he commanded this love. We're about to sing a song of invitation. But before we do, I want us to read one more, one more verse. And we're going to see what he says about his love and the command of it. In verse 14 he says, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Tonight, we don't realize sometimes, we take for granted maybe, the love of Jesus. Because for one to go and lay down his life and to give his life up is true friendship. He said it there. There's no other way to have more friendship than one that will go and lay down his life. Tonight, maybe you're not in that friendship or maybe you're not in that relationship and you want to be baptized into Christ for remission of sins so you can start having that friendship and that relationship with Christ. Maybe you just need prayers, strength, encouragement, love. We don't all have it figured out. But we know that this word right here is truth. And it's what we're to live by. It's what we're to go by. If we can help you.